Welcome back, everyone, for mm. another episode of Anime Was Not a Mistake, our humble little anime retrospective podcast. Mm. Uh, as always, I'm Dan Ryan, joined by my co-host... The one who survived the brink of <laughs> demise this week, which we'll get into, Jonathan Kwiatkowski. Yes. I saw beyond the veil, Dan. There's nothing. Just no. a black oh, no. <laughs> Well, you know, almost like my heart, so... Yes, of course. Yeah, it's though. poetic in a way. Yep. Well, it, how you been? It, uh, <laughs> no, I've been fine. Yeah. Um, of course, as established last week, we are on another Sinister Six episode, mm-hmm. so the Church of Anime will uh, have to deal with some profane relics today. Oh. Uh, so, you know, but before we get into that, do we have any anime life or video game news Well, to life, I almost lost mine this week, yes. <laughs> taking the second Moderna voice, but, but, but get vaccinated, please. Please do so. It helps out. I said, this'll be fine, and then the next day it lays me load and i couldn't move it was 85 degrees that day if you recall one of the hottest day on record yet yes and i was sweltering in my blankets freezing <laughs> so <laughs> it was an adventure and i apologize for my lack of news otherwise i've only got two minor things to discuss but uh, i was out of commission this week mm-hmm. uh, i'm better now when i woke up the next day it was gone all my symptoms had left my body so. Of course. It was just an odd thing. Well, the podcast wouldn't be the same well, without you. Well, now I'm microchipped, so... <laughs> the government will be able to track me. Those nanomachines know. are, you know, nanomachines, Douglas, very expensive. Where's my superpower? <laughs> I was promised a superpower. <laughs> the time's gotta be a secondary thing. Mm. Um, you know, so do you want to start with any? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll get both of mine out of the ways. The first is I started a new anime series. It's called Pretty Boy Detective Club, mm-hmm. and it's a spiritual successor... Not by the same people in any means, but it feels the same as Oran High School Host Club. Yes. And it's just very beautiful. It has three rules. Be pretty, be boy, and be a detective. That's what you need to get into the club, Dad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's about quirky, young, bishonen boys mm-hmm. solving mysteries and such. It's very pretty anime. That's all I could say. I only got one episode in. Um, well, very, very, very similarly, mm-hmm. um, because I'm not sure if I'm going to continue with it, but I bring it up because it's an anime that might appeal to, to you or mm-hmm. some of our viewers. Uh, it is Bungo to Alchemist, or Bungo and Alchemist. Heard uh, of it. Funimation's been getting it going recently. Uh, it's about these astral projections of famous Japanese writers mm-hmm. who have to fight through multiple planes of existence uh, you know, in order to uh, preserve works of literature that are being corrupted by the taints 
the uh, very <laughs> what poorly did you call me? The, the very <laughs> poorly named villain yeah. entity that is corrupting them. Um, I you know it, it, I think it's based on a some kind of mobile phone card game mm-hmm. that I was not aware of before I tried out the first episode. Um, you do seem I I would assume that a lot of the knowledge in the show is stuff that that Japanese kids would read in school mm-hmm. and have some exposure to so I, I don't know how much you know international lit is in there but i i do really like the premise mm-hmm. so you know it's up on funimation and i think in a few other places so if you like that premise do check it out sounds uh, similar in style to our reader die watch just yes. that books are involved yeah well yeah. that's what i assumed going into it mm-hmm. and it you know it's it, it's kind of similar it's mm. you know it's got anime pretty boys solving a mystery they're all sexy authors so it's you know i love it <laughs> uh, you know so do check that out if that premise sounds interesting to you again from the sound of it you need to have some f- maybe some foreknowledge of, of what, literature of, of japanese literature okay. uh which which i not being the brightest fella do not but Maybe, maybe that'll expand as they as they keep going. But yeah, and uh, my second and last thing that I have to offer this week, I just finished it before you came over. Sony has a new uh, animated motion picture currently on the Netflix mm-hmm. called "The Mitchells versus the Machines." Yes, and Sony has been knocking it out of the part in their animation department lately mm-hmm. because they've had "Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs," which I stand those two movies. I think they are hilarious. Uh, it started with that long ago. They have the Lego movies, of course, and they have Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse, yes. which was fantastic. One of the best animated movies of the generation. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, this is up there in comedy in part. It's really charming about a family that, you know, the parents don't know anything about technology and their daughter's like a film student going mm-hmm. off to college and the dad and daughter don't see eye to eye on certain things. And then um, this smartphone app takes over the world. And this is the last family sta- standing, almost as if the Ryan are responsible for the fate of the human race and how they would interact with one another it is charming it is two hours but it's worth it like Mm -hmm. it doesn't drag it's peppy it's very well animated it reminds me of the closest thing that i know from my experience is like the kingdom hearts world shader in kingdom hearts 3 where Mm. they change the animation based on the style of the world and it blends 2D and 3D animation in almost yeah. a cell-shady sort of look. Well, even similar to how Into the Spider, like, yeah. like it's it's yeah. that kind of, you know, it... it I don't I don't want to say it looks like claymation-ish, yeah. but it, it, it does it, at times. It yeah. pops, like the mm-hmm. 3D pops against mm-hmm. 2D effects and backgrounds yeah. so that it, it stands out better. Yeah. So. And it made me emotional, even though I have no siblings and <laughs> yeah. not a good relationship with my family. But it, it, I was like, what if I had this, though? <laughs> Well, it looks like, I mean, I haven't watched it, but mm-hmm. it on Twitter, it looks like it, the dude was very heavily influenced by his own family. Yeah. And he it, brought it's his a parents. Tribute to him, yeah. Yeah, he brought his parents to see the premiere and, he, and they were crying, crying. So it's, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It was very cute. Give it a check. You know. Yeah. Look at it. Watch it. And it's it's just, uh, you know, Sony Pictures had was having some bad years there. Mm. They were they were coming off of uh, that the the controversial Ghostbusters mm. reboot, the you know Emoji Movie, mm. uh, quite a few others, mm. and then they've maybe they found their footing. Stepped I don't their know. Game up, yeah. They they've like they went from being like a Bloodborne boss <laughs> to a Bloodborne hero. Yeah. So. And they're not craving uh, life beyond their means anymore. No, so it's, and I'm proud of them. Yeah. Let's keep up this upward trend. Yeah. Yep. And that's all I got, Dan. The Oscars happened. No one watched. 
<laughs> I, I and did, they I they didn't. jacked uh, Chadwick Boseman's award because the Oscars always has to ruin everything. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, people got an NFT of him, mm. so that was uh, that was something that happened. Mm. You get a little uh, JPEG using a stolen model uh, in your goodie bag, I guess. I, I I don't know. I think the Oscars did the worst of the awards season so far, but eh. Yeah, I, eh. I'd i still ha- be happy to be nominated for anything. Well, of course, yeah, but that up, would be, you know. You know beautiful uh, gown. <laughs> no, I deserve yeah. this. And when I get snubbed, you'll know. Because you'll hear me go, what? <laughs> Put the speech back into the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Ryan or Jonathan Kwiatkowski. And it's... J- Dan Ryan. What? <laughs> <laughs> I get up, wring your neck. <laughs> You're banned from the academy. Well, <laughs> you need me. Yeah, yeah, you haven't heard the last of me. But I, what, the best director is going to be doing the Eternals. Yeah, which is a Dan thing. And she so. directed uh, No Man Land yeah. too, which was a tearjerker. I mean, Francis McDormand. Like the awards aside, I, even Anthony, he did great in The Visit. The father, the father. Sorry, not the visit. I'm thinking M Night Shyamalan. The father, mm-hmm. which is based on a stage play, really emotional, dealing with like you know losing your sensibility as you get older. Um, mm-hmm. um, but it just seemed like they didn't even know, and I just don't know how, like, the awards are even held. Like, they held Bozeman's, uh, widow fiancé till the end, almost as if they had to sit there the whole night in order to get this award, <laughs> because they changed the order of the awards, and it was very kooky crazy, but it was just in bad taste. Yeah. And then they ended immediately, and it was like, were you planning this? Did you know? I, I something has to be uh, fucky yeah. with that. Like, I I don't like again. I don't. Um, I know subscribe to the award program. Yeah, so, I I, yeah. I don't claim to be the most cinematique person, mm-hmm. but it always feels like there's this huge disconnect between the production of the Oscars and what is actually happening. Yeah. Like. It's a fire backstage. <laughs> people assume like, okay, this is the sensible thing that's going to happen, but then. The old dudes who vote mm-hmm. on whoever it is, like, don't give a shit, no. or they, you know, or they know, but they're like, no, we got our, you know, so, yeah. I, I don't know, hearing even that from you is, is like, I, why would they have her sit there? Well, and, the Oscars it, has been, you know, ever since, Parasite was the last good thing that happened at the Oscars, yeah. but they've been fudging up for a few years with the whole Moonlight incident and La La Land and... Was Hadina Nazim the, uh, the the John Travolta mispronouncing uh, yeah. Adina Menzel's name, and yeah. then then the next year he came back and made a joke, but made the same mistake. Mm-hmm. It's 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 like I I mm. um you know movies upset me. I, I'm one of those people who yep. who you know I get stressed out by <laughs> by movies. Um, and I don't you know. There's a lot of uh, seedier types online who are like, fuck all celebrities, fuck the city, you know, fuck Hollywood. But I'm like, and I'm like, no, no, no. Like, they create content that we watch and enjoy and we take, you know, that's that's what movies are. But then things like the Oscars are like, eh, I don't really. This is like patting yourself on the back for like yeah. three hours and, yeah, you know, you know, I mean, I... One of the, the the only things that came out of the pandemic was that they don't even bother with the host anymore. No. Like, that was a godsend, I would think, for the... For most people, yeah. I mean, I watch for the cringe, so... Well, yeah, <laughs> but they, you know, so the cringe factor is less so there, but mm-hmm. 
it, it's, it's found like, other ways to shine through. Yeah, yeah. Because they don't they don't want to do edgy comedians anymore. They don't want to do like serious actors. Because like the two ends of that uh, you know polarity mm-hmm. can't mm-hmm. can't host. Yeah. So it's like if the Oscars are a victim of this all, then eh. <laughs> I'd be fine. But damn, yeah. how will I get mine? We did have a few good reps with Minari, like a few awards for that, which I'm grateful for. Yeah. An A24 Asian American starring pick. Yeah. Love it. Love to see that. There's a good trend, but we can do better. No, I I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. But when these old folks, you know, kick the bucket. Yeah. (laughs) The Academy. Yeah. (laughs) The amorphous, like, shadowy, uh, you know, black skull thing in this. And it integrates into me. I think we can start a new trend. Yeah. 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 Um, my next piece of news is new Pokemon Snap. Ah, uh, yes. How could I forget? I've been playing the shit out of that game. Todd it is, got a glow up. It he did. <laughs> it is comfy and beautiful, and just some of the most fun I've had with a Pokemon spinoff in a long old while. Mm. It is just a gorgeous game. You know, people on Twitter have been talking up this aspect of it, but it really just. You know, they they picked the batch of Pokemon to be in this one, and they thought about how they're going to be in the environment, they thought about how they're going to interact with each other, and they... it all works. Mm. There's, like, all these cute little moments and interactions that you can trigger, there's... Chansey in the nude. Yeah, well, yeah, straight to the to, <laughs> to the tabloids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and it it is just... It is it is perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that there is to love about the original Pokemon Snap is taken to, you know, above and beyond the next level here. Mm-hmm. Like, the courses level up so that, you know, you can start encountering more diverse Pokemon. Mm-hmm. You can start encountering, like, more complicated things. There's all these puzzle elements. Like, you have to trigger a chain of events and pay attention and mm-hmm. keep it going to get something to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the old one had Mew. In yep. it, this one also has Mew, but it has Celebi and Jirachi and Manafi and Ho-Oh and, wow. you know, a ton of other legendaries that all require different things to trigger them. It's, it's like, it's perfect. <gasps> and it, it gives me a lot of hope for what Pokemon could be on, like, a 3D, you know, open-ish yeah. world setting. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, obviously the amount of detail that goes into this is different from the open world expanded and it's apples and oranges but it's like you know maybe someday with with how you know even like with half of this ai stuff then you know maybe the open world pokemon could could be like that Mm. it gives me a lot of hope for legends arceus um Mm, that makes one of us you know (laughs) it's uh no, it's just, it's a great game. Mm. You know, I sincerely recommend it. Yeah. So I hear that there's more courses than meets the eye. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. The one thing I hear is lacking is, like, in the original, you, like, would make a discovery that would allow you to get to the next course. Yeah. And in this one, it's more grindy to unlock the new levels. You have to take better pictures or certain pictures or something. Well, I would say that you... The grinding comes in to get the course to level up, okay. which which will which put like expands it or whatever. Yeah, like you know, like level one of the jungle, you just open up on some Bon Sweets uh-huh. jumping by. But when you get to level three, like a Leafeon will run alongside you at the beginning, and then like Mew can start showing up. Mm. Uh, but even you know, no matter what level the courses are on, you can usually scan something to mm-hmm. unlock a, a, an alternate route. 
Like even mm. you know level one in the first jungle course, there's many you can, different paths you can take. Yeah, you can go through the jungle or the mm. swamp, and you can you know, and that's you know basically right from the beginning with mm. the scan function. Um, and it's it's cool. You mm. know, I, I'm glad you're happy. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say happy. the only like instead of the the OG pester balls, yeah, they have alumina orbs that which, makes them do a happy dance. Yeah. I'm lit up. I'm lit as fuck. Yeah, so it's <laughs> you're either chucking apples at them or you're chucking the alumina orbs. So it's like, what's been your favorite interaction, Dan? Oh, <laughs> have you seen a clamperl get murdered? Mur- not clamper, a finion get murdered by a wingle. <laughs> um, one of the favorite interactions that I've seen so far is. Uh, like a Seviper swims up through the reef and then antagonizes an Octillery, mm-hmm. who then blasts it away with like its Octazooka thing. Uh-huh. Uh, another Octillery one. <laughs> uh, you can make a little um, uh, what is it? Uh, Palisand pop up, mm-hmm. and Octillery will get spooked and then like freak out and run into the water. Mm. And then there's all these other things like. Uh, you know, sometimes they just happen so unexpectedly. I like, also hear that they're close to, like, Pokedex entries from the old games. Like, they're doing behaviors that exhibited in the Pokedex entries. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, Dan'll Dan will enjoy that. Yeah, no. As master Pokemon lore. There's there's <laughs> there's tons of stuff like that. There's, yeah. you know, I, I was going through one of the jungle courses, and Celebi just showed up, and I'm like, oh, that. shit. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it's... You can, a few glamour shots. You can get pictures of it doing its time warp thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's doing the time warp again. And then see. It, uh, I, it, it's just a great game. Does it apologize for the fourth movie? Uh, I would say so. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, Selby's showing. It goes, better. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to subject you to that. There's all these things. Like <laughs> Drampa flies. <laughs> which is which is actually really cool. On those little wings. <laughs> no, and it's like you 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 go into this like bamboo forest, and Drampa's just like <laughs> hovering, like oh shit, I didn't know it could do that because mm. I guess because it looks like clouds or whatever, mm. and it's just I don't know. There's so much to discover in it. Yeah. I haven't even cracked the surface. Wow. So. Well, yeah, snaps back. It is. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other big news. Hmm. I think that might be... Oh. Was something announced this week? I'm trying to think. Video game-wise. Eh. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I, yeah. Mm, mm. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's all the news. Okay. We have. Yeah. Well, I have a tangent for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I prepared in my <laughs> physical stupor this week. <laughs> of course. <laughs> As my memories were flashing back, I said I need to think of a tangent quick before I go and mm-hmm. write it down. Um, I don't know if we've discussed this, but in anime, this is our cringe corner, our Sinister Six, you know, where we're looking at not the best showing of certain things. Yeah. What don't you like to see in anime, Dan? What really grinds your gears? What don't you like to see? That's that's a good one. Yeah. What that keeps, is a good I, one. I mean, I'll go first. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about isekais a lot lately. Mm-hmm. I love isekais when they're done right. Um, and the majority of them aren't done right. They turn into these fan servicey nude-ish, I am a person inhabiting a younger person's body, and therefore this relationship, you know, can yeah. go through. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a, I mean, I like this anime. That's the reason why I was put off of Sword Art Online, the original series. I don't know if they changed that anime, still going on forever. Um, but it ended really creepily and 
dis- like, I was like, oh, we're gonna fall in love with our sister now, are we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's some incest going on here, and it's not handled in a- I mean, I'm not gonna say incest is good, but I'm reading War and Peace, and there's some good incest in that book. Yeah, yeah. Um, but things that make me uncomfortable and squirm, that sort of line, you know, where there's too much nudity on these young characters- yeah, and I don't know if that's like a cultural thing or you know it's accepted a bit differently around the world. Yeah, and that that's one of the things yeah. where you try if you try to introduce someone to an anime yeah. and like the early parts have a lot of weird fan service shit. You got to be like, okay, get past that, yeah. and then I can yeah. assure you that it'll you know you'll get into something good mm-hmm. here if you mm-hmm. just like bear with it. Yeah, another example I have is No Game No Life, which is a fine anime for the first season. I think it has a movie, but. I was just like, gee, these young girls are really nude a lot of the time. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I love your body. And I go, well, she's not even a teenager yet. Yeah. Can we not do yeah. this? I feel uncomfortable. This is an anime I can't show grandma. Well, and it's <laughs> a, it's like, even even in a lot of like JRPGs, it's like, yeah. a, it's a trope. Like, oh, she's got the body of like a 10 year old, oh, but yeah. she's actually 40. Yeah. She just got changed back. Yeah. And, well, that like I could yeah. tolerate at times yeah. if it's handled well. But if it's just like thrown at you constantly, it's a, a put off for me. Yeah. 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 It's. Like, like Dragon Quest Eleven handles it okay. Mm-hmm. Like, they... But then there's other games where it's like, oh, she's a pixie. She looks like this, <laughs> but she's a thousand years old. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's like, eh. Yeah. And that's not just, that's not just, like, anime. That, you know, a lot of... Yeah. A lot of fiction uses <laughs> that trope, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But... Mm-hmm. Eh. I would say gore, too, but um, Juju, Jujutsu Kaisen has kind of turn me around on that it used to bother me a lot more when i was uh, as you know afraid of everything that moved yeah. but now yeah. i've grown and it doesn't bother me as much but at times i could still be like "Ooh, i don't i don't enjoy that i feel some a rumbly in my tumbly and not yeah. the good kind yeah <laughs> yeah um and you well i i definitely agree with you on the weird fan service thing mm-hmm. like i would say that that's one of the roadblocks for showing some stuff yeah you know that... especially to you i'd be like well <laughs> what's dan gonna think <laughs> yeah it's it's like it's one of those things where you have to like prime people like okay this is they're gonna there's gonna be a lot of you know jokes and fan service to this extent mm-hmm. just you know get past it it'll get better yeah um in terms of what annoys me with you know, or disappoints me, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, mine is a little different from your. Like yours is something that can prompt some visceral, like. Oof. Yeah. Mine, from a story perspective, is like when the premise is like wasted, mm. and this is a problem I have with a lot of TV shows and movies just across the board. Yes. But it's happened in a few manga and anime, like uh, when it's it's kind of advertised and started with this premise that sounds really interesting Mm -hmm. and then it like ditches that because it can't stick to like the manga you know multimedia anime Mm -hmm. you know shonen arc type of storyline with the 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 limited premise that it starts with uh one example that i can think of was um samurai 8 Mm -hmm. i think Mm -hmm. which was the uh the guy who made uh naruto um the i think it's a guy who made naruto is it a woman well if it's a guy he recently passed too like a couple weeks ago i think i don't (laughs) i don't know if it's the mangaka or the guy who does the anime or if they're the same guy 
we should really, you know, yeah, research we these. Well, not, I, neither yeah, of us are huge yeah. Naruto yeah. fans, yeah. but there was there was a um, a manga came, that came out by them that was like Samurai Eight, mm. and it was like these samurai. Um, you know, there's across this this galaxy. There's this tournament that's ongoing. Mm. You gotta like defeat other samurai. You become like the top one, and the samurai are generally like these robotic shell bodies Sounds like something you'd enjoy yeah. that you know have a wide range of abilities and, and i'm butchering the plot yeah, i'm butchering yeah. the plot i'm butchering whoever wrote naruto i don't as I, we often do i am yeah. terrible with that like i don't follow that series at all um but the main character begins the series handicapped mm. like he he has some kind of i i think it's either a birth defect or an injury that affects his spine, mm -hmm. and so he can't walk, or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. And you think that the show is going to be about, okay, how is this character, shonen protagonist, who wants to become the best in a very physical mm -hmm. sport, going you know, to type overcome this, going to yeah. overcome it, yeah. and he more or less gets cured of that, like three chapters in, hmm. like it, it, it doesn't. Be There's like, no growth. The it's stakes, just an instant, yeah. like, put the yeah. band-aid on the boo-boo, it's better. The stakes change, and it's, and it's like... And that's not to say that, that you know, that's not a trope across a lot of things. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it's used for drama that isn't that effective. Like, in Saint Seiya, um, Dragon Shiryu, like, gets some kind of life-ending injury, like, seven times... Mm including ripping his own eyes out, but eventually he recovers from all of that. Like, mm. it, it's just something that, like, okay, that's... We know Shiryu sacrifices his body mm -hmm. frequently for these, you know, battles, yeah, but, but it's he, not going to In stay. the end, he'll get better. But, you know, if you're going to make something like the, the, the premise of your series, then, I don't know, maybe try to, to carry it the whole way through. And mm. again, that's, that's a thing with, like... A lot of just shows and movies in general, yeah. like they they any make, form of media, they make like a few episodes with a premise, and they're like, "Oh, how are we gonna do this for seven seasons?" Mm -hmm. And then they they abandon it, yeah. and it's like you know, because it's not about the story; it's about how long can we keep this going. Mm -hmm. So that's you know, yeah. I would say if you if you got a cool premise, maybe you know, stick with it. Yeah, yeah, stick yeah. to your guns. Yeah, that's mm. that's that's. Do we have time for an extra tangent? Whatever you wish, Dan. It's yeah. our show. If we got to pad out the runtime, I mean, <laughs> with some with some filler. I'm not going to say no. With some filler, uh, it, very simple, very easy. <sighs> a little bit of levity before we we uh, dive into hell, <laughs> into the, the the desolation that desecrates that mm -hmm. is Sinister Six. Um, it, what would be you know we've talked about favorite Pokemon. We've oh. talked about we've talked about your your team, your yeah. your main six from each mm -hmm. gen or whatever. Uh huh. Um. <laughs> What would be, Which one would I photograph in the nude? Well, no, no, no. Oh, okay. What would be your your Shouldermon, like the little one that walks... Shaman. Shaman. Okay. <laughs> Shaman. 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 And your ace. My ace? Well, you know I would say Gardevoir, but I mean, in keeping with the themes, 
ace ace are we talking like legendaries pseudo legendaries yeah. just whoever if you're if you're showing up in the anime all right who's who the marketable one that's like walking out alongside you and oh. who, who are you throwing out for the big battle well you know dan if it's me in the anime it's gonna be the bubbly jonathan personality that swings on by flies mm. on by on an airbus some might say yes it's gonna be togekiss of course it's gonna be my love of my life yeah. the jubilee pokemon <laughs> 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 where the, Dan goes, what the fuck was that? The, it's me. Crash into a tree. The oh. angel from Bird Box. <laughs> yeah. That's it, just a togekiss. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, well, since Grant is not here, yeah. but in, in spirit, mm. uh, I think his ace would be Gengar. Uh, yeah. Gengar or Sableye. Yes. Because he likes them. But who is his shoulder mon be, though? I thought, mm. uh, I'm going to, I you know, I, I'm going to put words in his mouth. I thought for him... Since he's working with space, Porygon 2. Yeah, not Z? Well, that could be his evil arc. Because Porygon corrupted. 2, I think, was made to work in space. <laughs> or Porygon... Porygon Z might have been too. Yeah. I don't know. But space works. Space. Right? Space. Or even, like, Minior, because they're meteors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Could have a whole bevy of them. Yeah. And you, Dan? <laughs> um, uh, I tried to think a lot about this... Uh, oh, I'm sure you wrecked your brain. <laughs> no, I did. Uh, my default answer for like my walking like marketability bro mm-hmm. might be Marowak. Marowak. Yeah, because I I used him in Shield a lot because mm. I trained one for that stupid Zerora. Would it be a Lolan Marowak? No, it'd be regular one. Regular. Um, you know, so that's the smallest one I could think of that would be chilling. You finding a young Cubone and nursing it? Yeah, <laughs> it, it fits into my morbidness and, yeah. you know. Watching Godzilla movies. Yeah, and, uh, because the only other options I could think of that would fit for me would be, like, maybe Mimikyu, because of my figure collection, mm. or Boo-Boo-Keys. Boo-Boo, well, that would be Grants, too. We yeah. would all share Boo-Boo-Keys. <laughs> we would all want Boo-Boo-Keys. Boo-Boo-Keys would be yeah. the team mascot. <laughs> um... <laughs> And then Ace, I got, you know, Dusknor is the obvious answer, but mm. it could also be, like, um, uh, who, you know, maybe a starter, my OG Blastoise mm. or Rillaboom, maybe. Yeah. It would make sense to give you the only starter, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also, I also like Shouldermon Ace combos that are, like, um, like, uh, the first stage of a starter, mm. like, a, like a Mudkip, and then, like, with a Blaziken or something, like, as you're, you know. Mm. It's again. I wanted to provide a little bit of levity before we. No, I mean it yeah. makes sense. I love any Pokemon questions when we eventually get to Pokemon again. Yeah, <laughs> and Digimon, we have the same questions. Yeah. Mm. Well, there's plenty more Pokemon questions that we have not done oh. yet. Pokemon questions galore. Well, I've delayed the inevitable long enough, haven't I? Yes. It's time for me to reach into the bag, isn't it? Oh, like little Nas X, we gotta dive into hell. Well, so. That references a few weeks late, Grandpa, but sure. <laughs> yeah. ride Call my, me by your name, Dad. Gonna ride my dinosaur yeah. into the... Um, but yes, uh, Sinister Six, out of the raccoon pouch, we pull uh, one movie. The other person has no idea what's in there. No. Uh, so it is up to fate to decide. Yep. Um, just as you managed to form a little trio with your picks... Uh, again, my picks generally form a trio. Mine are uh, sci-fi, action, and uh, adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, two of those need like 40 asterisks at the end yeah. of them, because eh, but one of them is firmly mm. its own genre. Um, and, you know, obviously Spookies was pulled last time mm-hmm. of my selections. Yes. 
Uh, so, uh... You've replaced. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and that's not to say, you know, a horror might take its place of whatever yeah. is picked this time. Whatever whatever works the best mm-hmm. as, as, a, as a triad, yeah. whatever. Um, well, Dan dodged a bullet last week that I intend to take this week. Yes. <laughs> it's gonna wrap around, isn't it? Yes. Mm. I, well... I wouldn't say that that any of these are exceptionally a slog. Not as um, bad as Popeye. Well, yeah. yeah okay. I don't think we're ever going to top that. No. But, um, you know, with a few of my Sinister Six picks, Troll 2 last week, as I said, um, it, it forced me to do a lot of introspection. Mm-hmm. You know, I I overthink things in life and in, on this podcast, and I'm like, oh, do I do this? Mm-hmm. This has been talked about on the internet a lot. Do I do? Mm-hmm. And after last week... I can't hesitate. There, there can be no hesitation in this dojo. Mm-hmm. If I think of a bad movie, the bad movie's going in the bag. Mm-hmm. So it, we, we've got to... What happens, happens. I want it no other way, Dan. Yeah. So it, it, it's, you know... Because uh, there's lots of bad movies out there. Lots of them. So, mm-hmm. And we how we approach them might be yeah. different from how they've been approached elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So. Without further ado, would you like to draw? <laughs> I'll reach into the pouch. Hand me it, dear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What to pick? Reach with your heart. Oh, oh there's no snake in there, I thought. Reach <laughs> with your heart. Right, I'm Breathe. Drawing the slip now. Bandicoot. Bandicoot. Oh. As in crash. Well. Coco. Um, so over the years, uh, I mm-hmm. have talked about a certain space opera franchise a great deal. Oh. Uh, some might say I've, I'm obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's only proper that this podcast finally cover Star Crash. Star Crash? Star Crash. <laughs> Not a Star War? <laughs> uh, no, but a Star Crash. Hmm. Um, so this is, uh, let me get my notes ready here. This is a 1978, in quotation marks, movie oh. uh, that uh, its its original Italian name translates to Stellar Clashes Beyond the Third Dimension. I love um, it. Yeah. And obviously Crash is in there, so I had to put Bandicoot. It's giving me Pulp Fiction B movie sci-fi. Classic Dan. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And um, so it was directed and co-written by Italian filmmaker Luigi Cosi. Oh, good trend. Two Italians. Uh, you back know, to back. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It ends up working out perfectly. <laughs> so uh, it stars, uh, and I'm going to mispronounce this, uh, Marjorie uh, Gortner, Carolyn Monroe, uh, oh no! I'm sorry, <laughs> Carolyn Monroe. Carolyn, that's a stage name right there. Well, it is. I'm sorry. The first guy is Marjo Gortner. Okay. Uh, Christopher Plummer. Uh, the Christopher Plummer. The Christopher Plummer. Uh, you did not mishear that. He died so we could watch this. He did. Yes. Uh, probably not proud of this one, but uh, David Hasselhoff, a Dan Ryan fave. Uh, until I put Jekyll and Hyde Broadway rendition on it, and then you won't be Hasselhoff. You're not going to turn me against David Hasselhoff. Oh, then. I could try. And Joe Spinell, who huh. I included because, you know, like Spinell. Spinell. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it is an American production that was filmed in Rome. Uh, there is some kind of backstory to how it was produced. It was like technically within rome itself it was an independent production done by these two brothers and the vatican wouldn't allow it <laughs> yes but um it was like their funding came on behalf of new world pictures which is as you know the blu-ray box mm. points out here is roger corman's production company mm-hmm. and i don't know if we've touched upon roger corman in talking about movies before but 
Many, many notable B-movies came from Roger Corman. Mm. He was famous for taking high-concept scripts and making very cheap movies out of them. Um, if you can think of one of the many B-movies that you've heard of or seen made fun of, chances are one of them came from Roger Corman. Mm. Quite a few of them ended up on Mystery Science Theater 3000. And thus our love was born. Yeah. Um... But not to say that, that his stamp on the world has all been bad. It, uh, you know, it, it was kind of... I believe that James Cameron, for instance, and several other filmmakers got their start, you know, making cheap movies mm -hmm. under Roger Corman. Like, mm. they would, you know, gain his attention by, like, how can, how can I use $10 to build a spaceship set? Mm -hmm. And if they could make that work, they would kind of move up and then they could go on to, to bigger, bigger things, things, you yeah. know, within the, within the system. Um, so, uh, the plot of the movie is that the Emperor's son is missing with a powerful super weapon. Hmm. Uh, and it's up to two smugglers, not really, to save the day. Um, so, it, this is a cult classic, mm -hmm. as the back of this Blu-ray box contain uh, or notes, uh, fans still gather... <laughs> They are called crashers. Wow. Uh, I've never met a crasher. Maybe I'll be a crasher. We could all be crashers. <laughs> uh, you know, so, again, to physical media shill, this was released via Shout Factory. Mm, beautiful box. Um, it, under Roger Corman's cult classics label, you know, it's, it's a very recent special edition remaster. Uh, you know, again, it's good to give these movies proper releases because otherwise they might get lost in the ether i don't think star crash was ever at risk of that mm -hmm. because again it's very much a cult classic um but you know again we're all about preservation mm -hmm. even even for the bad movies yes so now we go into cringe corner yes uh you know where we talk about not the drawing board no uh, he stays yeah. far away from there this is the little <laughs> this is like the little preschool easel that yeah. we just put some facts on yeah. for this um, you know, spoiler alert, it's largely viewed as a Star Wars cash-in. What? Uh, huh? Yeah, so it was, you know, I think some of the production staff insist that this was being tossed around before Star Wars happened, but the movie itself was not made until Star Wars was, like, already a dynamo, kind of. Um, so... Watching it, you'll mm. see the, the some similarities. Um, one of those eh similarities is the character Acton, uh, who I tough Acton to you know, You'll you'll <laughs> note him. He's on the cover. Uh, if you look up this movie, he's the dude with the blonde perm. Oh, um, and he is seemingly the Luke parallel okay. in this movie, uh, or at least the Jedi parallel. Um, he has many powers. Mm -hmm that kind of manifest as the plot demands them to, and then never show up again. They're mostly just conveniences. Um, he can make little shitty 70s laser effects with his hands. I love it. Uh, you know, like one of those spinning light things that you decorate your desk with. Like, Ooh. he can do that with his hands. So he's a master raver, then. Yes. He's uh, a rave master. There we go. Anime reference. Whew. Save that one. <laughs> you know, and, and again, he is seemingly the Jedi or the Luke of the movie, mm -hmm. but Stella Starr, uh, <laughs> oh, the, the, the main... I'm here lady, for that name. Yes. 
Uh, Carolyn Monroe seems to be the default hero of the movie. Like, I would say the that she's... The Starlight Express naming system yeah. is getting me good. Yeah, no. Uh, she, she is, you know, the protagonist, but being a woman in a 70s movie, she doesn't get to do a whole lot. Yeah. Like, I, no, I, I would say that she gets the most focus, but she doesn't solve a lot of problems as the movie goes on. Um, mm. And the cast is rounded out uh, by L, who is this Darth Vader-looking cyborg... Um, who is a uh, Texas sheriff in space who joins them to help in this this crisis Love that's it. going on. I'm intrigued. Um, there's a lot of uh, deus ex machinas that go on between Acton's powers and, and other just conveniences that the audience was never told about mm-hmm. occurring. Um, the plot kind of meanders in a few places. It's fine. Uh, the feared super weapon, the Death Star equivalent, is very lame. Mm. We'll see. It's a. Uh, it's it's just a planet that can bring down ships that go close to it, but the planet can't move, hmm. and it only has a radius that's just outside that planet. So just put up some traffic cones, and we'll be good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. So again, uh, this movie has been talked about by a lot of YouTubers. Um, I think it was in the new MST3K season, but mm. it, yeah, I nothing with that really made an impact. Um, but it's been it's been talked about. <laughs> You know, by a lot of people, but it is a a classic B movie. Mm-hmm. It is one of uh, you know. I think it's fitting that this again is paired with Troll Two because we these are both famously terrible movies. Mm. Um, it had a lot going against it. Obviously, it was mm-hmm. a inferior Star Wars copy at the time. Uh, it's dubbed over from the original Italian, so that creates all kinds of script problems. Yeah. Um, I think Christopher Plummer, in retrospect, was like, I got to vacation in Rome. Yeah. Like, that's... That sounds like a him move. Yeah. He's like, great. Consummate. Yeah. The movie is Legend. trash, but I loved seeing the costume and everything. And it's like, yeah. yeah. And, you know, again, it's it's obviously had an impact on people, because similar to Troll 2, people still seem to show up to watch it. Um, and really, of my, you know, of the three picks I had in that bag today, this is one of the ones that... You could watch with friends for a larf. Hmm, you know, it's so probably I chose wisely. Yeah, it hmm. probably lends itself the best to that of the ones that I. Picked. I mean, look at the calendar, Dan. It's almost May the fourth. Maybe fortune has smiled on us in a yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was hoping it would it would work out like that, yeah. but uh, you know, hmm. it's all up to chance. Yeah. Yep. So, what do you say? Should we uh, accelerate to hyperspeed? <laughs> well, Dan, do you remember the time I drove into that telephone pole? No. Ready to see another star crash. <laughs> what i wrote that one myself <laughs> i'm done back we just watched star crash uh, of 1978 so uh any initial thoughts i enjoyed it a lot it, it's Good. camp and you know <laughs> i don't know if you, you by watching this movie picked up on the subtle camp clues yes. but yeah I was into this. A good old space opera. I think this should have been the new Star Wars. This should have been far more successful as a franchise. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, yeah, I, I mean, it's, uh, again, I feel like it's a fitting combo to go with Troll 2. Yeah. It is, it's a charming little weird-ass space opera movie, and it's <laughs> it's just like, you know, they're clearly working within their budget, they're, you know, they're trying to channel a lot of, you know, popular sci-fi at the time, mm-hmm. um... You know, which is something I forgot to factor in when we were introducing this, but Star Trek The Motion Picture was also around the corner, and a lot, you know, the lesser sci-fi B-movies that came out during this era, they would usually choose, like, one of the two to kind of pull things from. So it would be, you know, Star Wars or Star Trek The Motion Picture, you know, which... I, I, I feel like the ones that leaned more into the Star Wars direction might have had a little bit more momentum mm. because I don't think Star Trek the motion picture was that but you know since then retroactively it's become like you know more praised yeah. but well this it, was clearly just looking at what worked for both of them and saying yeah. how can we make money off of this yeah um but uh you know like a few positives i just want to i always oh, yeah. want to no, it's positive it was definitely like better than Popeye. like he, the two of you have brought her have been solid well thank in you in their schlocky way thank you yeah i, I it's you know it's good schlock it's yeah. I, I feel like of the three that were in the bag today you know <laughs> this was the most solid good mm-hmm. schlock um and i just got to say i love the aesthetics of a lot of this movie um grant will tell us that that's not how space works or that's how space works. Maybe this is his job at NASA. You know? But I, I legitimately love the the way outer space is portrayed, like the <laughs> the multicolored Christmas light background, mm-hmm. that, like all the distant stars are different colors and stuff. Mm-hmm. It is such like a unique look, and I wish more sci-fi did that. Like I know it's not obviously it's not accurate to space, yeah. But I I think it just it makes this like aesthetic just there's so much color in every shot. And, you know, they kind of fall apart on close-ups, but all of the models have that convoluted machinery look that I like. It's, like, asymmetrical, and it's one color, and it's with a little bit of, like, you know, backlighting put into each part. Mm -hmm. I love it, you know. It's it's something to watch for that kind of stuff, Mm. so. Should we get into the plot? If we can call it that, yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, in a distant galaxy, a starship searches for the evil Count Zarth Arn, Joe Spinell. Mm. Uh, closing in on a planet, the ship is attacked by a mysterious weapon, uh, which is a red lava lamp overlay that uh, goes over the film, uh, causes pain, indigestion, bleeding, etc. Uh, it, it, <laughs> Upset stomach diarrhea. Yeah, it, and it, it causes pain in everyone, and I think it throws off the ship's electronics. Yeah. Um, three escape pods are launched during the attack, uh, but the ship crashes into the atmosphere of that mysterious planet and is destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did put down that they waste no time in giving us like their callbacks to Star Wars yes. and Star Trek, because the movie opens almost exactly the same without the title crawl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, like, with it's the an, passing giant ship. Yeah, the overhead shot of the ship. Mm-hmm. Um like space balls also. the iconic line what's that planet down there a barren desert of whiteness yes yeah. <laughs> that's what it is uh the target red balls of course attack that's what i thought that they, they were and um the ship explodes and then we get the clear star wars but it's not star wars theme of the film yeah yeah um, the musical theme that the, turns into love boat 
<laughs> yeah, it starts as Star Wars, ends as, like, Love Boat, kind mm-hmm. of. Um, and I looked it up. It was made by a guy named John Barry. And I think some of the bigger things to John Barry's credit are Dr. No, the mm-hmm. first James Bond movie, mm-hmm. and uh, The Lion in Winter, which I was oh, not expecting. Oh, one of my favorites? Yeah. Oh, no. You know, and if you check out his Wikipedia page, there's he, he's done a lot of stuff. Like, the calla lilies are in bloom, Dad. Uh, yeah. Catherine it, Hepburn. <laughs> he, has, he has credits. Yeah. So it's, but it, What's he doing here? The same thing Christopher Plummer's doing, probably, for the paycheck. Yeah, for the paycheck. Yeah, and uh, the, the tour of Rome. You know, so it, it um, you know, but it, it it's kind of integrating a lot of musical cues from Star Wars and Star Trek. You can just, you can feel it multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean, the dude by himself is, is definitely talented, so yeah. it has a very 70s sound to it. Um, meanwhile, uh, outer space smugglers Stella Starr, Carolyn Monroe. Lover. Uh, and Acton, uh, uh, Gortner, uh, <laughs> run into the Imperial Space Police, led by Robot Sheriff L and Police Chief Thor. Who's Why? green. Yeah, he looks like Drax, yeah. but he's not. He's not Drax. It's barely any face paints on there. It's yeah. a very subtle shade. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's it's fading <laughs> in certain... Just a foundation. It's yeah. washed out yeah. in certain parts. Uh, he's got, like, the Klingon ears. Mm-hmm. Um, I so. mean, the chemistry is palpable in this ship between Acton and Star. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking at each other, and that's about it. You're like, oh, are they lovers? I don't know. Well, the Stella Star Smolder is, <laughs> is... When the camera cuts to her, she's usually... You know, mad. Well, I guess no. She's what? not mad. She's what? just like you know, in the room staring. Yeah, and like with perfect hair and mascara. Sometimes it's anger. Sometimes it's like levity. You know, it's but it's it's always a smolder. Mm-hmm. Um, they have so, their banter as they elude the the people chasing them by going for hyperspace. Yes. They go um, and there's this cute math banter that they have between them. Like it's a forty percent chance we're disintegrated. Thirty percent chance we're this. So that means there's ten percent chance. Well, no, not really. That goes down. And it's yeah. like I didn't need all this information because Acton's pulling double duty as the Luke and the C-3PO. Yeah. He's doing like the we have a eighty-five percent chance of mm-hmm. colliding with a thing. Mm-hmm. Um. And I want to touch on want to touch on acting here. This concept is interesting. Like it's something that even Star Wars took a while to do. That that people with psychic abilities make good navigators. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of Star Wars media recently has leaned into that. But mm-hmm. it's Star Crash was seemingly one of the the first ones that oh, if someone has psychic abilities, that might make them good at navigating space because mm. they they have to know what's coming mm-hmm. and Acton does but he has to be coy about it yeah. we don't know until halfway through the movie yeah um so they escape through through hyperspace and when they emerge they discover one of the escaped po- escape pods from the attacked starship what in the universe is that <laughs> instead of the world get get it because they're in space get it <laughs> um they find a soul. Disorder. No, no, no. Dad, Dad you're what? skipping through what? things. No, no, I'm just saying. You're skipping oh. through some iconic moments. Still a star. I'll go. Dives out into space and does a little <laughs> like, fucking swim through the space, Dad. Yeah, no. Interrupt yeah. me whenever I... No, I got yeah. it all down. Don't worry. But I, I just can't... We can't gloss over that moment where she's casually dipping through space. Well, this is the this is the gallon water jug helmet yeah, part, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. It's it's like the water cooler. And then and she's it, just on going through the halls. There's a dead body here. There's a man <laughs> here. He's so dry. He's dehydrated. Well, next it well in the uh in in the the notes, I have the Kanitz cuz I think we oh, get yeah, yeah. 
we get a scene of Count Zorth Arn, uh, you know, mm-hmm. dispatching his robot skeletons yeah. to, you know, find go- them. No, well, he says, I have an important task for you, and we don't learn that until the tail end of the movie. And they don't go anywhere, no. either. They just, they're, but they're, they're the Kanits yeah. of uh, Jack Frost motion, fame. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, Stella Star surrenders when apprehended by the police, including Thor and L. Um, I put down hand for some reason. Oh, because his uh, his space fortress, the Duke or the the Count's the space Count's, fortress, is just yeah. a giant hand. Looks like a big hand. Yeah. yeah. And I I had uh, designed a D and D location that looked like a big metal hand. <laughs> and now thinking back on like, did I subconsciously steal something from Star Crash? Mm. I don't know, I but think you uh, did, Dad. yeah, I yeah. it just it just seeped right in there. Um, yeah, so they're, they're apprehended by the police who tracked their hyperspace trail. Of course. Um, so they are tried by <laughs> big brain, brain Jar. Yeah, Big Brain. <laughs> Squid Jar Man. <laughs> big Brain decrees hard labor. Penal colony. <laughs> yeah, they are, they are convicted of piracy, uh, and they are sentenced to life on separate prison planets. Oh, their prison work is the best. First off, we see Stella Star in a fabulous prison outfit that's just a bikini with heels. And a collar. <laughs> and everyone else is wearing, like, prison wear, yeah. and they're dumping <laughs> radium balls down a chute. Well, yeah, it's the Breath of the Wild ball puzzle. Yeah. That's, that's what I thought for the, the prison. Um, While someone screams at them to work or take their break faster. Because there is some kind of time like we're not here all day but you know they are here all day Stella Stark takes a few of these slaves aside like, and goes eh. we should unionize <laughs> yeah. but yeah no but they're all they're all wearing like the the giver gray yeah like basic you know and she gets like wear. the bikini yeah. with the logo the Barbarella <laughs> so, outfit and she gets variants of that throughout yeah. the movie oh we're gonna describe um, a few of these looks <laughs> but uh you know Stella very easily manages to overthrow the entire prison system well no she sets them against each other and then she dips out and says peace y'all bye well no but she, she's like we should we should fight we and then should fight. a guard is like fight and, and then <laughs> slaps her with a stick and then it just domino effects yeah. until like the entire fucking planet explodes and, uh, <laughs> so, and she just dips out the back and we should, uh, this is the part where, um, because the guard threatens her with a metal stick. It's not, like, a space stick or anything. It's <laughs> just a, a it's stick. A, it's a metal stick, and all of the laser gun props are just metal tubes. Mm-hmm. They don't have holes or, or anything. They're just, no. they're, like, parts of, like, a trombone that are spray-painted <laughs> silver, and then they just, they edited in the chroma key for the laser effects mm-hmm. later on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Stella escapes, but El and Thor quickly recapture her, only to inform her that uh, the authorities have canceled her sentence and that she is, uh, you know, she's been taken to, to help them. So she killed all the people in that prison <laughs> for no reason, uh, for nothing. Yep. Uh, she was gonna get out anyway. Yep. Um, so they take her to the other prison prison ship, uh, and without any fanfare, Acton is released yeah. from prison. Also. Just in the basement, lowered and raised up. <laughs> I'm free to go. And they they. They took the time to design, like, that set in mm-hmm. what I'm assuming is his prison warden, because there's a dude in a chair, yeah. and he's like, bring him up, yep. and then he comes out of the floor. But we don't we don't learn what it was like in his prison no. camp. No. Um, so uh, they are contacted holographically yeah. by the Emperor of the Galaxy. Help us, you're our only hope. Played by Christopher Plummer. And... <laughs> Christopher Plummer, you know he's just white-knuckling it. He says, I have this one monologue now, this monologue at the end, and the paycheck's in the mail. He does a wonderful job, but I mean, it's Christopher Plummer. It is, yeah. (laughs) And, uh, you know, he thanks the two of them for finding 
that escape pod, um, and he informs them that, you know, about what that search team was Mm -hmm. sent out to discover the Count's dangerous super weapon. (laughs) Count Zazans. (laughs) (laughs) Which is awful close to Zazu. Or Zardoz. Yeah, or Zardoz. um, And I think that Stella and Acton have been, you know, recruited to help the space police because they're the best at what they do. Stella's a a consummate pilot and the other guy is acting good at navigating. Yeah, he's good at, (laughs) yeah. And they, uh, and I like that scene because the Emperor is saying that and Acton's like smirk like, yeah, 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 I am. And then he Um, goes, I got one final job for you. Find my son. Bring my boy home. Uh, but Christopher Plummer fades out, mm-hmm. and uh, they quickly arrive at the location Acton computes for the first ex- escape pod. Acton's playing with his neon light powers for the first <laughs> yeah. time. His light bright. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it doesn't. It, yeah, it doesn't. With come all the glory of like a mall kiosk worker. <laughs> <laughs> With one of the, yeah, yeah, with like a little spinny it's light. Like up. I'm down on uh, fucking down the shore. <laughs> They're trying to swindle me into buying these crappy toys. Look at this! Whoop, whoop, wow, whoop. it'll break after five yeah. minutes. Um, so they uh, you know, they arrive at this first planet. They take a little shuttle. Um, and this is you know one of the times where uh, being a B movie that obviously had to put a lot of money into its sets. Mm-hmm. Um, the shots are very long. Like yeah. we get. The, the takes are like people walking upstairs, opening things, mm-hmm. going, sitting down, the door closing, yeah. it moves, and then it's because, one, they got to pad out the runtime, and two, it's like, we spent the cash on this, mm-hmm. just, we're going to linger on it for a little bit. Yes. Um, so they, they find, uh, you know, the spaceship, or they find the, the launch pod. Uh, L on... reveals that he's nervous. He is. That's nervous. his character trait. Even though he's a, and he's also Texan. He's also Texan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For no one explains. Um, but uh, they find this spaceship on a rocky beach, and there are no living survivors. Uh, but soon they are accosted by a group of Amazon warriors. Oh, and I love these the Amazons. <laughs> I love them so much. They get shafted in the runtime of this movie. Yeah. But... Uh, but oh. they're they're taken to the Amazon's uh, underground fortress. Um, am, like L is ambushed, shot, die, and robot. Left... Yeah, <laughs> just shot, killed. And we don't because I don't know if they're against technology because they have computers there. Mm-hmm. They have like they have a big robot yeah. too that we'll get to. But um, they just shoot the they shoot L and he's seemingly dead. But uh, but kind of like Rise of Skywalker, that is immediately resolved because yeah. his hand that moves. moves. Um, to Queen Caralia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you were asking what her name was. So I, I knew what it was. <laughs> Queen Corellia. Corellia. <laughs> uh, who was in league with Zarth Arn and his League of Darkness. A spy. <laughs> <laughs> you sent to me. Well, because I'm pretty sure you were you were writing something when this happened. Yeah. But when we, like, the first shot of her, she just flourishes off the yeah. side of her cape. Mm-hmm. So it's like... Classic. <laughs> Best character. Like, favorite character. Bring the, yeah. the intruders <laughs> to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, Oh. And it's just these buxom beauties, like, <laughs> enforcing things. Like, they're not strong like Amazons. No. They're just, like, Playboy models. <laughs> well, because yeah, they had leftover costumes yeah. from, like, an Amazon of movie. Course. So yeah. they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll put those yeah. to good use. Um, uh, yeah, but, like, Stella pretty much beats them all up without much fanfare. fanfare. Uh, L is alive. <laughs> uh, you know, it'll take more than that to 
keep yeah. a good robot. He says something like yeah. that. Yeah, you can't keep a good robot down or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he takes Corellia hostage for like two minutes. Yeah. He's like, we're going to shut the door. Don't follow us. <laughs> as soon as the door closed, <laughs> stop them! Stop them! <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's all very... We can't show you the visuals from where we are, but she flourishes. <laughs> and then she pulls like a Godzilla moment and she goes, we'll talk to the Guardian. Guardian! <laughs> With psychic waves and uh, activates the big uh, boobed mecha that I guess the Amazon Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah, yeah. well it is. Yeah. It, it is just that. Mm-hmm. Um or a very similar prop with foil wrapped yeah. around it because it's made of metal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so Z- uh, L and, and Stella are fleeing across the beach, but taking this... a very long time, running in heels and sand. But the the mecha is hot on their trail. <laughs> it, well, it, it, it moves it... as slow as like you know a leisurely Sunday stroll, but <laughs> but it's big, so yeah. it can do that. It, it, uh, it briefly cuts them. You know, it throws down its sword. Uh, the big sword prop blocks Stella off. Um, but L quickly saves her, and uh, Acton comes back down with the ship, blasts the big robot, and they flee the Amazon. Almost planet. as if he knew when to arrive. He, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Ice planet. Well, yeah, because I'm trying because you bring up a good point, but mm-hmm. it is. I think it's at this time we get the first like. Acton, you knew what was going to happen? Well, I mean, it's or... like, I think it's insinuated. I don't think they ever really bring it to the forefront until the moment. Y- yeah, yeah. yeah. I think no, that's yeah. just like what I thought was supposed to be insinuated from this moment that he shows up without yeah. anyone calling him. Um. So next they head to the next calculated location, which is an un- uninhabited frozen planet. <laughs> Um, and in the opening exposition, there's like, it's got red fog and glaring mist, but... It's just, it's None stock footage of, yeah. of a snowy mountain. And don't stay past sunset, because it lowers by thousands of degrees then. Yeah. But during the day, it's a okay. It's okay. It's okay enough to wear this bathing suit. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I think she's in the silver. Yeah, uh, well, yeah she's in the... She's in one more layer. In the plated outfit <laughs> to protect against... <laughs> the quilted northern outfit. Um, so they, you know, once again, they find no survivors on this crash site. Um, but, you know... You know, they head back through the snow, and Thor ambushes and knocks out Acton. After he's given a few rubs to Mother Brain, the ship's computer. Oh, yeah, the Sandshrew ball. I forgot about it. Yeah. Uh, You want to... Well, I mean, it's a Mother Brain figure going, why are you rubbing my frontal lobe there? (laughs) And it it only kind of comes into play because, like, Acton is friends with it. So, seemingly, the ship's computer... They don't even give it, like, a punny name. It's just ship's computer. Yeah. Uh, is friends with Acton, so she doesn't go along with the mutiny. Mm-hmm. Um, so Thor knocks him out. Uh, Acton pretends to be dead for like five hours. Yeah. Um, and Thor can't take off because the ship tells him that some malfunction prevents them from activating the engines. And outside the greatest romantic pairing ever seen in any movie everywhere, yes. <laughs> we get Stella and Elle. Yes. And Elle goes, I'll preserve your body by lowering... Well, your temperature's gonna lower, but I'll use my machine powers to hold your hand and keep your heart going in a state of, like, cryogenic frozen yeah. nature. Yeah. yeah. To monitor your vitals and some kind of, you know, energy yeah. thing. And they get this super sweet moment where it's like, once we were enemies, but now I see 
you're really cool, L. Well, um, it's even it's it's more like um you know back when we were enemies, your like tenacity like tenacity you know, tenacity mm-hmm. was was annoying, but now that we're friends, I think it's probably the best quality I've ever seen in a person. <laughs> And, you know, he's like, oh, shucks. Like, yeah. 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 So. And then, see you soon, my friend. <laughs> yeah. And she I was shipping see... these two. These two should have wound up together at the end. Because night falls. Uh, mm-hmm. And they get the Nestor's mom treatment where yeah. the, the, the snow is f- freezing them over. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Acton, <laughs> like, finally reveals that he's alive. <laughs> gets up off the floor. And uh, gets into a what the little infographic included with the movie calls a space foo fight. Oh, um, where they, uh, you know, wrestle around <laughs> unexcitedly <laughs> for like <laughs> a few minutes, uh, do some tumbles, some flips. Mm-hmm. Um, Thor tries to shoot Acton with some lasers, but Acton deflects them with his laser deflecting powers <laughs> and then turns the tide. Yeah, he's like, "Don't keep firing the gun, or you'll it'll be your undoing." Yeah, but just like Palpatine, he keeps firing. And the beams are reflected <laughs> back, and Thor is killed. Mm. Um, so then, uh, you know, Acton goes out yeah. and recovers L and Star-sicle. Stella. Yeah, the the dilly bar yeah. <laughs> of a woman, <laughs> and puts her in the 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 warming the chamber. Yeah, the defrost <laughs> function of the microwave turns on. Combined with his own powers, yeah. he's like, you can't do it too fast, and she comes out looking better than ever, baby. She's yeah. like, ooh. Yeah, he wakes up. Frozen did a body good. <laughs> all dry, it's yeah. fine. So, I don't even um, know. you know, so they uh, are both everyone's safe, um, but they they kind of have to, you know, hope that the third escape pod is yeah. well, the one they're looking for. Well, this is the point where the main engine, like, it won't start, but then Acton goes, "Oh no, we've done this," and then Stella, I think, gets like, oh, yeah. a moment where she's like, "He knew that." Yeah. Like, you've known this. He's like, well, you've you've known a lot of things. Like, you could have gotten us out of quite a few scrapes throughout mm-hmm. our smuggling career. And he's like, I can't do that. You would try to change the future. Mm-hmm. Even though Acton seemingly it is able it. to change yeah. the... But I'm assuming it's like the... They gotta follow the thread of fate. Yeah. Or else, whatever Acton is, he has to, like... He has to follow the... Mm-hmm. The you path know, set the, before him. Yeah. can intervene. Um... And we don't we don't get any stat like I think his planet is called the Ninth Vega, <laughs> sure. But um, which unless someone wants to correct me, I think is like the Ninth Star or something. Like I don't. Mm. Um, but he, yeah, I we don't know what he just has no. wizard powers. So, no. um, yeah. So uh, when they you know they get to the third calculated planet. And their ship comes from under, you know, is is attacked by the same red goop weapon mm-hmm. uh, featured in the first the scene. Uh, now with some, like, soft-serve ice cream yeah. effects thrown in. Yep. Um, but Acton steers the ship through it and saves them. Uh, how, I don't know, but he... It's not, like, a concentrated force field. It's just, like, a cloud, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and goes, we've survived the greatest threat to the universe. Yay! <laughs> Stella and Elle, uh, inspecting the pod wreckage, are attacked by cavemen. Oh my uh, gosh. No, we... Robot chauvinism, Dan. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll go down. No. What what use is robot chauvinism, then? So they installed chauvinism in you, Mr. Robot, but... Yeah, they installed emotions, a yeah. Texas accent. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so... Um, 
Yeah, so they... The cast of cavemen then attack. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> the cavemen start yeah. attacking. Yeah, and they win, <laughs> even though they have guns. Yeah, Cavemen well... have stick and bone. Yeah, but Oog wins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, I don't... Because yeah, one of them, some of them have metal beams, other ones have, like, jaws from animals. Yeah. Uh, but they 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 brutalize El. <laughs> he is torn to pieces and yeah. smashed. Presumed dead. Yes. Um. And Stella is kidnapped on like the like tied up like yeah. with the rotisserie mm-hmm. type thing yeah. that they do for eating later, I guess. <laughs> yeah, seemingly. Yeah. Uh, and then she's held in their cave while the cavemen are partying, and a mysterious masked man watches on yeah, using his his lasers. Yep. Um. You know, Stella's just like, yeah. you know, hanging upside down, <laughs> screaming. And they're all just ignoring and dancing. Until it, like, fades the volume yeah. out on Stella. <laughs> they as turn you... mute on Stella. Um, but the golden mask, the man in the golden mask <laughs> arrives and uses his laser vision to, you know, defeat the cavemen, <laughs> or scare them off. He scares yeah. them off briefly. Um, and if I have to make an assumption... <laughs> These guys are in there to rip off uh, the Tuscan Raiders, okay. like the 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 Sand People from yes. A New Hope. Like they're there to, because they even use like crappier versions of their mm-hmm. beating sticks. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's what those are supposed to be. But they're literally just cavemen. Yeah. Um. And uh, he frightens the you know the cavemen off briefly, and um. Rest here, it's safe. Yeah, Let me spread my legs. And I don't know if it's supposed to be an in-character thing, or if Hasselhoff was literally just tired, but it is David Hasselhoff. Yeah. Um, he unmasks himself, his perm poofs <laughs> out. Uh, it means nothing to the, the audience. swooned, I guess, and Dan. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but the, the boomers in the audience at the time uh, would very be like, oh my yeah, god, yeah. It, it's uh, David Hasselhoff. Simon. Um, Simon. Prince Simon. Prince Simon. The Emperor's son. Yeah, uh, they are again attacked and overpowered <laughs> by, by the cavemen. cavemen. <laughs> uh, but Acton appears and fights them off with his laser sword. Totally which is, not a lightsaber. It's copyright friendly. Yeah. Um, uh, he then reveals that they are actually standing on the Count's weaponized planet. Because, because the Amazon Queen revealed that two different forces were guarding it. The Cro-Magnon Man and the Jello Orbs in space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Two races. <laughs> he put the he put the pieces together, yeah. and you know th- this, this must is, be it. This is the planet. Um, arriving at an underground laboratory, <laughs> the three are captured by the Count's guards. The heart of the Phantom Planet. <laughs> the heart of the Phantom Planet should have been a better title, but it, Dan told me it was stolen. Yeah, it was already <laughs> a movie. Uh, it was a it was a '60s sci-fi movie, and the finale of Danny Phantom, if you ah. remember, uh, when they got to ghost the planet. Mm. Um, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> that's for another day. Um, so, uh, you know, they're in this computer room that is the processing core of, like, uh, you know, the, the whole weapon. Yeah. Stella's, like, pre-programmed computers. Computers, I have like... it down, pre-programmed. <laughs> these could run for as long as you want. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's like, why are all these power things here? He's like, well, this powers the weapon, the, the beam. <laughs> so, uh, but the guards quickly find them. Cause... And we had a real monsters moment. Where we oh. said, ah, real monsters at the exact same time. Yeah, we were in perfect sync. <laughs> <laughs> that was the platinum star moment. I mean, we looked at each other and said it at exactly the same time, so it was kind of scary. But After all these episodes, yeah, it's finally... finally. <laughs> we're not so different, you and I. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, the Count appears, and he... <laughs> he, he, he well, basically. Yeah. But of the sandwich, not yeah. the... the you know, not this town's the, very ineffectual for a villain, and I usually love an ineffectual villain, but... Yeah, he's he just kind of, uh, you know, he's like a Waluigi yeah. type. So he uh, says that his scheme, all according to plan, of course, yeah. uh, was to use the prince as bait, bait to lure the emperor to this planet... Which he, you know, the emperor is on his way, mm-hmm. and then he's going to detonate the planet from space, uh, killing the emperor. the new emperor. I, well, okay, but that was world building. We forgot to mention. Yeah. Uh, the galaxy is divided between the good empire <laughs> and the League of Darkness, <laughs> who are the the. It's like the two halves of yeah. the galaxy, yeah. and the whole thing is that this is like a convenience because. Despite having all that territory, the Count is just diddling around yeah. on this planet. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the Emperor leaves with a flourish, and he orders his two can- golems can- can- canutes yep. to-, to stay back and guard them. An hour goes by quickly, Dan, unless you're watching this movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, and... and um, Oh yeah, because the the time frame doesn't like make any sense. It's yeah. like it's an hour, and then we have a fight scene, mm-hmm. and then it's three minutes. Yeah. So, but um, you know the the Canutes and Acton says, "Have faith and never give up hope." Yeah, and he, <laughs> quoting Wacko's wish. Yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, call back. He brings out his laser sword again, mm-hmm. which is now green, um, and he uh, gets into a sword duel. Not a laser sword duel. It's like his laser sword against the Canute's like Sinbad scabbard, like mm-hmm. swords, yep. like whatever. Uh, you know, Acton manages to destroy one. As by... Stella smokes a cigarette in the background, just we... what? She's, <laughs> can we hurry she... it up? <laughs> she vogues throughout yeah. the entire. Um... I mean, she doesn't turn off. At least she's there. Yeah, like, she's like trying. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. It's like she knows what movie she's in. She's having yeah. fun with it, and that's what. Yeah, well, that's we'll, the charming part. Of this. We'll yeah. you know come full circle with this by the end, but even just like a few years later, or if this was ever given a modern re- like Stella would be allowed to to shine. Yeah. I would imagine yeah. like it would be. I would be very interested to see you know because she's an action lady protagonist mm-hmm. to the extent that 70s sci-fi movies allowed that to yeah. happen yeah um but uh acton is mortally wounded to his sleeve uh Hasselhoff it, it, dives for <laughs> Hasselhoff takes up the sword yeah. uh he starts fighting the the robots or the one remaining robot mm-hmm. um but when he is quickly overwhelmed acton does a uh an action dive and tackles the other Canute into the, uh, like, reactor core explodes, thing. Yeah. Uh, it explodes, and Acton is is dying yeah. now. Um, but you never die, Dan. <laughs> yeah. You, you never die You never home. die before. Um, <laughs> but before that, we got, uh, these two Canutes, mm-hmm. um, because obviously they couldn't get the exact same model piece for each of them mm. one has a smaller a face. small head one has a tall head mm-hmm. and when the tall head one dies there's a moment where the other canute's like eyes flash mm-hmm. like you just killed my, my brother. brother and that's all the development we get for yeah. them but there's something that yeah. it's like oh my god like how good you know yeah. and then revenge it, yeah but acton uh is dying <laughs> 
He's all dried out. You never die before. (laughs) (laughs) I can't get over that line. Well, I'm dying now, sweetie. (laughs) He's like, but you could heal. No, destiny says I must die here. You too shall live. I I ship it. (laughs) And I feel like this would be another... Because there's always... Like, whenever this... This is the Jedi moment. yeah. Yeah. And it's... I feel like with a different approach, this could have, you know... <laughs> been powerful pathos. Because I, I come back to that, that Dwayne Johnson Hercules movie a few times. Uh, like, I mentioned it when, when I did mm-hmm, Spookies, mm-hmm. or when, you know, the first Sinister Six we did. But there's a character in that who also has, like, the my fate has been predetermined thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he gets saved from that fate, and he's like okay, like, yeah, like, I'm supposed to be dead, but whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I think in another... But they gotta make it so that the, the one true pairing is Hasselhoff and Stella yeah. Star. Um, so uh, the Emperor arrives, and uh, they're like, like, Dad, we only have 48, 48 seconds, seconds until the planet explodes. And he's like, being Emperor affords yeah. me certain In a much longer things. monologue than 48 seconds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the Emperor's flagship fires a green ray that suspends time. Flow of time. Uh, for three minutes, uh, giving them plenty of time to escape as the planet explodes behind them. Killing all of the two races of that planet. <laughs> so, um, the Emperor, in his big, uh, platinum logo chair, or yep. kill the kill effect yep. throne that he has, um, is like the emperor or the count dead. so this is the perfect time to strike and <laughs> deploy they, the uh, legions and we get a very long oh legion deploying scene <laughs> this whole last scene is like half the movie and barely anything happens it's just on loop spaceship firing lasers yeah. firing torpedoes kill them kill them <laughs> because surprisingly they don't duplicate the models too much mm. Um, like, individual ones, because all of the ships that launch out are different little models. They're mm. all, like, we get a shot of them launching out, a shot of them flying towards the camera, yeah. and then flying off. And then it does that for, like, 20, 20 of minutes. these. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they engage in battle with the Emperor, uh, the Count's hand ship. <laughs> um, you know, it's, you know, the, the hand ship proves to be... Rather, you know, it has a lot of onboard weaponry that's taken out these ships. Everybody's scrambling. We get a few fleeting attempts at the Star Wars trench run scene where the camera approaches the hand ship model mm-hmm. and then, like, goes into a dive along it, but it doesn't last as long as the, the Star Wars trench run because I... Mm. Like, there's one part where the camera goes through, like, the gap in yeah. the fingers, and yeah. I'm like, okay, they got, you know... I don't know how they did that, but it's probably, like, a mat or something of, you know, Mm -hmm. going over the camera lens. Um, And, uh, you know, the Emperor's own, or the Count's... (laughs) Jesus, I I gotta... I I assume the Emperor's the the, the baddie. Nope. uh, Wrong movie franchise, dear. The Count (laughs) has what I'm assuming are reinforcements from either the Amazons or... Yeah. Those are just his ship designs, and mm-hmm. the Amazons got a bunch of them. They show up, and they show up the exact same shot twice in a row. <laughs> yeah, uh, of these of these Amazon slash Count ships slash League of Darkness ships mm-hmm. uh, that have an okay design. They they yeah, have they look like the little fine. War of the Worlds mm-hmm. mecha things. Uh, and they're you know they join the battle. The the casualties on both yeah, sides yeah. kill them. <laughs> Kill them. You know. And meanwhile, Christopher Plummer's just watching from his video screen, like... 
becoming agitated. Yeah. Uh, they start launching... The Emperor starts launching uh, little torpedoes containing troops mm-hmm. that kind of breach through the uh, glass the windows, windows. <laughs> of the, the Emperor's handship and, uh, you know, uh, get the troops out in there. And this might have been one of the first sci-fi movies to do that. Wow. Other other sci-fi movies have done that much more effectively, where it's like the the enemy has some kind of drilling craft that goes in and then mm-hmm. sends troops out. But this might have been the first time Maybe. that that happened. I don't know. Um, but uh, a lot of combat commences inside the handship. The count is on top of a, a walkway yeah. saying fight them kill them kill them yeah you know kill over them. there kill them. Ooh, kill them. you know yeah. uh you know earning his his paycheck um and then the baddies win yeah <laughs> yeah the baddies the baddies win and uh, now we dance because <laughs> the uh the count's forces have their big dragon guns mm-hmm. that uh, fire way too many laser bullets yeah for the the emperor's forces to handle um, you know, so they escape, and the Emperor, you know, Hasselhoff is like, oh, but what do we do now? Yeah. Well, no, the yeah. Emperor goes, we have to prepare the Doom, I mean, the Count says we have to prepare the Doom machine. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> Which, <laughs> and we're going to send it after the Emperor's capital world. Yes. And cause it to crash or whatever. But then he changes that to the Count's station first, yeah. or the, the Emperor's ship first. Yeah, and then, meanwhile, all hope is lost, seemingly on the Emperor's side. Uh, Susanna Star, whatever her name is, Stella, Stella Star, Star <laughs> goes like, all hope is lost. The Emperor goes, no, not yet, my child. There's one final thing we can do. No, Father, we can't do that. Star Crash. <laughs> <laughs> the name of the movie. Yeah. Um, And Star Crash is a... Is a, a four-dimensional attack. Yeah, um... <laughs> I'm assuming, and this will ruffle the feathers of of many a Star Wars redditor. Uh, I'm assuming that if the effects allowed for it, it would have been like a hyperspace ram, mm. like they would have yeah. like jumped out of hyperspace and then just let the city crash into the 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 hand ship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but Hasselhoff is like, what what thing is big enough to do that? And mm-hmm. he's like, the floating city. Which is just, it's yeah. a floating, it's like an I spy. A rainbow colored floating city. Which I liked. However they did it. Yeah. Uh, I think it's whatever, just spray paint. Whatever lighting effect, <laughs> there's spray paint. I, I liked it. Um, and hopefully they evacuated it. Mm. I don't know, I don't know if they did. I'm assuming they did. I don't know if it was like a Dragon Ball Z thing where yeah. it's like everyone's at work today. Yeah. Or at, you know, not It's closed for the holiday or something. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they gotta pretty much do this mission to go and set the, the floating city on a collision yeah. course with the handship. And Simon and Stella think they're both gonna do it. Stella says, I'll go, but you can't go alone. After all, we've rebuilt one of your closest companions. And that could only mean... Hell? Hell comes back. Yeehaw! Because <laughs> you can't keep a good robot down again uh. a second time. Um, and, you know, he looks the same, but they're like, I got new circuitry yeah. and blah, blah, blah. They put the Moderna vaccine in me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's, it, 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 uh, Elle is back. Um, Stella and Elle, Stella in another flight suit yeah. <laughs> goes down. Oh, and a gossamer cape. <laughs> the, the gossamer, I forgot the gossamer cape. <laughs> How could cape. you forget the gossamer cape? Is um, there a tool in that cape? Probably. Yeah, well, like, Simon stays behind on the unnamed 
like yeah. L's pol- space police ship. Yeah, um, does nothing. <laughs> and you know they get there. They program the floating city to collide with the hand ship. I've never flown a city before. Yeah, built like a steakhouse. But don't tell like me you're nervous ship. again, L. Uh, they're shipping these two these should have been our lovebirds yeah robot and yeah, woman yeah <laughs> but I, <laughs> to go back and re you know i did yeah uh, <laughs> i don't know society would never approve <laughs> oh it's, and this it's... very large city slowly moving towards the emperor's handship and what is the emperor informed dan uh, There's a floating city coming at us. The emperor goes, "What?" Oh no! I the, mean, the, 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 the count. count the sorry. count. Is, the count goes, "What?" Um, again, because I'm assuming it was supposed to be that it jumped out of hyperspace, mm-hmm. surprising them. Yeah. And, and then, like, because the count's facing like one direction, and then the 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 his buddy, who is named, I forget, it's like Igor or something. Whatever. His buddy comes up and he's like, "Sir, a floating city appeared off the." And he's like, "What?" <laughs> you know. Um, and all of the Count's buddies start ditching him. Stay with me. And for some reason, the Count doesn't. He's like, no, I will, you know, not like... pride. Not honorably, but he's just like, no, they won't destroy, because they're they're also firing upon the city at the same time, and they, I guess the Emperor, or the Count, <laughs> thinks that he is yeah. going to win, I guess. And we're thinking Stella and Elle, they gotta get out. What does Stella do? Calmly just yeets herself out of the airlock, and balletfully, like, ballet gracefully dips out into space and starts yeah. paddling away. With Elle behind her. Screaming, yeah! Yeah, I think, yeah, that's one of the few yeehaws we yeah. get. Um, and uh, the, the ships collide, or crash, <laughs> And uh, the Count is defeated. <laughs> um, Stella and L are picked up by Simon, and uh, Stella and, and Hasselhoff embrace. Stella, Simon. And we get, like, what I what is supposed to be a cute moment, where yeah. L's like, what? Oh, yeah. oh, 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 I see. He wanted it. It plays out, like, longer than it needs to, yeah. but um, uh, the movie ends with Emperor Christopher Plummer uh, delivering a, a short speech... Which says that peace has been restored to the stars for the time being. The stars are clean. But the uh, planets shine. <laughs> we sleep. But now <laughs> we sleep. <laughs> and it, it, it just pans back on Christopher Plummer and the credits roll. What a film, Dan. Where's the trilogy for this? That's a good question. Uh, it doesn't exist. The limit does not exist, Dan. Not until you make it. Yeah, I... It, it, Star it's... Crash 2. Uh, so, yeah, I I I do love this movie. Yeah. It it is it is a um, you know, the the miniatures again are I think are all very good. Yeah, you know, like the only thing is that when they're zoomed in on, you'll see like the the literal like out of the box model, you know, mm-hmm. rates just glued into place on things. Yeah. But it it all looks like machinery. It all looks good. Again, I love the aesthetic of of space. Classic B-movie style. Stella, for her time, is is an action girl protagonist. She's, you know, uh, she gets sidelined in a few parts, but for the most part, she's, we're never, we're never meant to believe she's not capable. Yeah. Which is surprising for a movie of this era. Mm. Um, Elle is charming. Yeah. Uh, I would agree with all that. 
I like I Hasselhoff. I don't think he needs to be in this movie, but I think he's the weakest part of this film. Eh, yeah. Yeah, but I, it's a name. Yeah. It, it, Besides yeah. the villain. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Duke is the weakest part. In the Dark Wizard ranking, I think he'd rank the Count. Well. <laughs> the Duke, the Count, the Emperor. Fuck me. The Duchy. Yes, <laughs> the Duchy of Eternia. <laughs> um... But yeah, yeah. I, I it's I think this is worth a watch for. Oh yeah, you know. I don't think this is a bad movie. I think it's charming more than bad. Yeah, you know, it's quirky. It's fun. Yeah, some laughs. Yeah, that's your cup of tea. Speaking of, you know, what other recommendations would you give if you liked or wanted to check out things similar to this movie? You would know better than I. Um, I mean, going offhand, in the realm of like. Star Wars knockoffs. I think this is probably one of the better ones. Mm. Like this is this is probably top tier if you're if you're trolling through Star Wars ripoff. Obviously, mm-hmm. I you know if I gotta recommend Star Wars, I'll recommend Star Wars. You know that's that's the most obvious um, route to go. Um, but there's other. I always recommend Forbidden Planet. Yes, I was gonna say the same thing. Forbidden Planet is one of my all time favorite movies. Mm-hmm. It is it is a a, a old-time sci-fi movie that holds up astonishingly well throughout the years, starring mm-hmm. a, a younger and dramatically Leslie Nielsen. Mm-hmm. Um, Robbie the Robot. Everyone. Robbie the Robot. Uh, it, it is... But but in terms of, of this brand of Star Wars knockoff, I, I would say Star Crash is, is... It's good for what it is. You know, yeah. because... You know, reading through some of the stuff in researching this, like, all the models were made by the Italian filmmakers. Like, they were doing... Like, everyone was doing the best they could with Mm. the budget that they had available. And another MST3K favorite, Space Mutiny. Like, the, the sets in Space Mutiny were, like, filmed inside a warehouse. And for the space footage, they literally just bought... Um, Battlestar Galactica stock footage of, of ships mm-hmm. and you know w- when you go down the grand scheme of of, um, of these types of sci-fi movies there's always the potential that they could take a cheaper route they could you know they could just crib footage from other places and this one didn't mm-hmm. this one everything that it is it is so it you know yeah no I'm a huge fan I think your picks have been solid picks based on you so far I think Thank you're you. two for two Thank you. Like, not bad, but I get where we're going. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think my other choices are like that, I so... I don't think mine are either, so... <laughs> I, I might have peaked. It's gonna get, yeah, I think we both have. Because um, this and Spookies were the only, like, prestige collection ones that yeah. I got for this. Um, mm. You know, I, so we'll see what happens, but... Hopefully going forward. Yeah. We'll survive to tell the tale another day. Yeah. Well... Uh, I would recommend, you know, based on my dad and me used to watch these all the times and that's why I bring it up like the Jason and the Argonauts style stop motion. Mm -hmm. I like it a little bit more because it's more like epic acting. Like there's way more actors in these schlocky stop motion effects. Yeah. Incorporated together. That's something that, yeah, yeah, that's a gem. The Ray Harryhausen stop motion one. Like those are, yeah. Yeah. That's what I would recommend in my own thing. Because I wasn't really into space opera, but I was into this. Yeah. So... Sci-fi's not my go-to genre, but I'm happy to have watched this. Yeah. Hmm. Again, it's this is, you know, of of the ones 
that I have available. This is one of the ones that uh, you can watch with friends, and you can probably have a fun time. Yeah. It, it, it's it's a very delightful B-movie. It's got so. golems, robots, Amazons, <laughs> dukes, emperors, and counts. <laughs> Take your pick. I spy sets, <laughs> Texas accents, uh, sticks. Oh, we forgot to mention the turkey basting pants. <laughs> Oh, yeah. The <laughs> These the... harem pants that Stella's wearing, and I said, oh, I'm basting myself. <laughs> yeah, because they go onto, like, a planet with a harsher environment, and Stella, because they kind of have to try to keep her in a bikini outfit, mm-hmm. is wearing the bikini outfit, but with, like, a vacuum yeah. uh, chicken sealant <laughs> bag over her. Uh, and she's in that for, like... And it's fashion. You know, because by the end, she gets, like, a legitimate, like, royalty yeah. costume, but... You, you, yeah, like you were saying, you would have to think, like, folks, I'm gonna need some talcum. <laughs> <laughs> the chub rub is real, y'all. <laughs> this suit is, like, 110 degrees <laughs> on the inside, so... Because it's literally, like, it's, like, the furniture slipcover material, so... I take it off, my legs are extra crispy. <laughs> <laughs> the garlic is, is baked <laughs> in, so... <laughs> it feels so bad, but it tastes so good. <laughs> Well, with that, Dan, I guess we can bring this episode of The Sinister Six, this segment of The Sinister Six, to an end for now. Yes. Till we return to next time. Um, But before we go, where can our audience find you on social media? Uh, You can follow me on Instagram at King underscore Danis and our Jason Anime Was Not a Mistake podcast Instagram account. Mm, And you can follow me, Jonathan Kwiatkowski, at LosingMyMindJK on Instagram, DrinkAndReadJK on Twitter, and follow my other podcast, Nightcaps at the Theater, where me and a few friends check out movies similar to this and get a little drizzy drunk and drink and read the podcast currently recapping war and peace going to move on to another great novel real soon mm-hmm. um, i'm excited for that and i'm excited for next week dan mm-hmm. whereas we've watched so-called bad movies now we're going to turn this into a bit more of a classy affair yeah uh, with our something new as i said uh and a masterpiece theater mm-hmm. uh, this is something that we're going to look at some asian films uh over the course of four or so weeks the month of may the remaining month of may yes and just you know go back and forth between them in a little bit more highbrow situation yeah. not to say that my movies are all highbrow though mine definitely aren't yeah but i'm picking them just because i yeah. think they're cool to showcase i think i'm doing the same thing and we I, don't we don't get yeah. to do that for positive reasons with the sinister sex we really don't so um yeah there's that so I, anything's on the table just has to be you know asian film mm-hmm. a little bit more prestige at least in our hearts yes so um i'm gonna show you this film i'm not gonna give anything away but as we often do on the podcast i say no cuts and whatever happens keep those cameras rolling dan yeehaw yeah What? You survived anime was not a mistake spin-off series? The Sinister Six? Well, there's always next time. <laughs> As you wait with bated breath, remember to rate, review, subscribe, where most podcasts are easily found, including Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, and more. Remember, boils and ghouls, if you enjoyed the hosting by me, Jonathan Kwiatkowski, stand-in cryptkeeper, and the Igor of my eye, Daniel Ryan, support us on social media. 
And last, but certainly not least, remember to reach out to us on Anime Was Not A Mistake Pod on Instagram, or follow Anime Was Not A Mistake Podcast on Facebook. This way, we can continue to make our anime-based dreams come true, and your nightmares a reality. Until we meet again, remember to constantly ask yourself, is anime a mistake? We know for certain that any film with the Sinister Six misnomer is destined for depravity.